Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and today I'm joined by Jonathan, another creative at the agency. Jonathan, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Today we're going to be speaking with a special guest, Mary Dunkel from NORD, which stands for the National Organization for Rare Disorders. And she's going to be talking to us about Rare Disease Day 2018, along with other things that NORD is involved in throughout the year. So let's get started. Okay, here's our conversation. Enjoy. So today we are joined with Mary Dunkel. Thank you for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. NORD stands for the National Organization for Rare Disorders. What are the main goals of NORD? NORD is uh, a unique nonprofit organization established in 1983 that represents all Americans uh, who have rare diseases. And we provide programs of advocacy, education, patient family services, and research. We have essentially four areas of services. Uh, We do advocacy. We have an office in Washington, D.C. that focuses specifically on uh, national policy and increasingly since the Affordable Care Act on state policy also. So we have staff there who spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill. Our state policy person spends a lot of time traveling to states and working with advocates, volunteers through our Rare Action Network. I'm involved in education. That's another one of the four key areas. Uh, From the very beginning, I think NORD's been very involved in education. When you think about it, NORD was founded in 1983, and that was pre-internet days. Uh, And so education, of course, was very, very different then, but incredibly important because NORD was the lifeline for people who were living in, you know, often remote areas, parents who would get a devastating diagnosis of something they'd never heard of for their child, and they had nowhere to turn. So the people at NORD would get letters (laughs) asking for information. So that's advocacy and education. We also do patient services. We have an entire department of people providing various services for patients and their families. And much of this is in the area of helping patients access medications and other aspects of medical care that they couldn't otherwise afford. We have a very active research program We know of at least two cases where products that started as small seed grants at Nord ultimately got approved by FDA. And many of our research grants are made available by donations from patients and their families and patient organizations. In recent years, we've also started doing patient registries and natural history studies. Tell us a little about what you do at Nord. My specific role is that I'm the vice president for educational initiatives, so I oversee our programs of education for patients and their families, uh, medical professionals, students preparing for healthcare careers, and the public. So Mary, what made you first get involved with NORD? Can you tell us a little bit about how, how that started? Sure. Well, I should say first that I've been with NORD uh, for a long time. And most of what I had done before that involved writing, much of it involved medical writing, and had been in a period where I had been doing freelance writing and saw an ad for a medical editor. And it was for this organization I had never heard of for rare diseases, which I truly had never thought of as a distinct concept. 
So I went to the office and met Abby Myers, who was uh, the founder of Nord, was the president for the first 25 years. And she was one of the primary patient advocates who got the Orphan Drug Act enacted by Congress. Uh, a really inspiring person. She got involved because she had children with Tourette syndrome, which was then considered rare. And just after meeting her and meeting others on the Nord staff and hearing them talk about what they were doing, it fascinated me. So here I am, 18 years later. How were you educating people before when Nord originally started pre-internet, and how has that differed now? So pre-internet, a lot of it really was male. And I mean, it sounds awful to think about today, you know, to imagine the isolation and the fear and concern of someone who's just gotten a diagnosis that they don't understand and then having to write a letter, send a letter, wait for a reply. But in the early days, truly, it was just a very small staff. For the very early days, it was essentially Abby, the founder, working with a part-time secretary, basically, and getting pro bono help from medical experts, rare disease experts, and medical students, and that sort of thing. And one of the first things the uh, original founders and staff of NORD did after the organization was founded was to begin working with medical students, creating a database of information in patient-friendly language. And we still maintain that today for patients. They began developing that very early on. I do remember hearing stories about in the pre-internet days uh, when a story about Nord or even just a story about a rare disease that mentioned Nord would come out in some widely read publication like Reader's Digest. They would just get bags and bags of mail from people you know, who had been desperate for information and didn't know where to turn. So now that the internet is a real thing that's out there, how, how has that <laughs> affected uh, how Nord communicates with patients and doctors and vice versa? Well, it's just an incredible resource. Uh, and obviously there, you know, there are things you have to watch out for and periodically we post you know, messages warning people to be sure you are aware of the source of your information. You know, if you're getting something from a website, be sure there's transparency about who's providing it and how it's medically reviewed and that sort of thing. But even with those concerns, it's just an incredible game changer for our patients and families. I remember the story on the NPR website said the headline was something like, people with rare diseases are internet power users. <laughs> because it's just I, it's so made for them to be able to connect with each other, get information, and share emotional support. Mary, could you maybe provide a story or an anecdote that you've heard from a patient regarding how the digital platform has changed things, how they've gotten in touch with fellow patients in their community, maybe something that you've heard yeah. or experienced? Yeah, we actually have a lot of those stories. I sometimes think of Nord as the hub of a wheel because we get all these odd, random emails and phone calls and sometimes in ways that seem almost bizarre and totally unpredictable, we're able to make connections. Somebody, some researcher, somebody at a company who's you know beginning to think about a certain condition and somebody else who's done some work that might be pertinent to that or some patient who's looking for research and we're able to connect them with something. Um, 
I guess, you know, the ice bucket challenge is sort of the ultimate example of that. And I have that one was kind of bittersweet for us because we were very happy for the ALS community. And it, it was really wonderful to see that unfold. But we also got some really sad emails and phone calls during that period from people representing very obscure, little-known diseases saying, you know, how can we do something like that? So how is Nord using social media and taking advantage of these digital platforms to reach supporters and caregivers? Well, Nord's motto is, alone we are rare, together we are strong, and social media is the perfect tool for bringing people together. So when you think about, for instance, for advocacy purposes, it's incredibly helpful uh, to be able to mobilize people quickly and to be able to use the media to explain the subtleties behind things going on on Capitol Hill. A couple of recent examples when uh, Congress was talking about the tax reform legislation over the past few months, and there was a period of time when things were really happening very, very quickly. We had our community, the rare disease community, had a lot at stake in that conversation because it involved, among many other things, the orphan drug tax credit, which is one of the three key components of the Orphan Drug Act, uh, which was an incentive to companies to develop treatments for rare diseases. Uh, and this tax credit provided 50% uh, credit on the costs of developing a treatment for a rare disease. So our team in Washington was working very hard, and social media really gave them a way to, you know, recruit supporters, explain what was going on in really up-to-the-minute fashion, and get people signed on. Uh, mobilize people to write to their members of Congress and that sort of thing. Ultimately, in the legislation that got passed, the tax credit was maintained, which was very good. It, its level was reduced, but at least it was maintained. So we're also interested in sort of how digital is going to continue to impact NORD and the future of NORD. Um, can you tell us what you think? You know, thinking about the future of rare diseases in general, I think the big challenge that still needs to be one of the big challenges is the diagnosis problem. Uh, it still takes many years in many cases for people with a rare disease to get an accurate diagnosis. Uh, and that's very frustrating and isolating for those folks. People often tell us, you know, even if it would be a bad diagnosis, I'd rather know. You know, if I can just at least put a name on it, then I feel like I know what I'm fighting. So that's a huge problem. Actually, thinking about that, though, in connection with digital, there is a wonderful resource called the Undiagnosed Disease Network that the National Institutes of Health established. It's now a network of centers at medical centers around the U.S. where they just focus on solving these very difficult medical mysteries. And they actually are using uh, social media now to assist in that diagnosis process. They'll sometimes post a, obviously with the patient and family's permission, uh, post a photo and say, you know, looking for a similar patient, because sometimes these conditions, which many of which are genetic, sometimes involve a certain appearance or a facial difference or that sort of thing. 
Uh, so they're posting a photo and and or a, a description of you know the presenting symptoms and. We actually have had cases on the Nord Facebook page where we've done similar sorts of things at in response to requests from patients and have helped. I'm thinking of one case in particular where a mother came to us. There was Her child was the only known child in the U.S. with her specific uh, mutation, and they actually found somebody in Sydney, Australia, another mother and child with the same condition through a post on Nord's Facebook page. So we've talked about how Nord gets in touch with patients and supporters. How is Nord reaching more professionals in the healthcare space? We we actually uh, have published over the years three textbooks for medical professionals. Uh, we did the last of these in 2003. It was a huge project. It took us two years, but we had we covered 800 diseases and we had 600 experts, truly the experts on each disease who voluntarily wrote on those diseases. Uh, But after that, we decided that we really wanted to go online with anything we do from that point forward. Um, So we, in uh, really just last year, Nord became involved for the first time in offering CME, continuing medical education for medical professionals. Uh, We did it last year as an in-person event, and we got very good uh, responses, you know, very good follow-up from the physicians who attended, but we also realized that we'll be very limited in the number of doctors we can reach if we do it that way. So I think we're definitely going to continue our involvement in the CME space, but I think we want to look at doing it uh, maybe online and, and really exploring how we can reach a broader audience. So just to change topics for a bit, uh, Rare Disease Day 2018 is coming up. Tell us a little bit about Rare Disease Day, what Nord is doing this year, and uh, how other people can get involved. Sure. Rare Disease Day uh, first was observed in Europe in 2008. It was started by our partner organization in Europe, which is called Eurordis, the European Organization for Rare Diseases. And uh, they did it that first year, and it was successful, so they decided to continue it, and they asked Nord to bring it to the U.S., which we did in 2009. Uh, So Nord hosts the national website for this at rarediseaseday.us. You can go to that site. I would really encourage everyone to do it. Uh, And you can read about the day and find out about all the different things going on. And there's actually a page on that site where people post activities state by state so you can see what's happening in your state. Speaking of social media, we're going to be hosting a tweet chat on February 28th, which is Rare Disease Day, by the way. It always takes place on the last day of February each year. Our tweet chat will be from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We're co-hosting it with Boston Children's Hospital and Dr. Philip Pearl, who's a wonderful rare disease expert there, and also with the Mighty website. And we've done that. We've done a tweet chat for the past several years, and it's been trending several years. So we get a really good turnout, a really lively conversation. So I would encourage people to participate in that. Say 
me and Jamie, you, you want to support Nord. What is the best way that perhaps people like us can get on the internet, get on these social platforms? What would you suggest that we do to further spread the word of Nord? Well, I love that you asked that question. Um, I, you know, I would encourage people certainly join us and follow us on social media, and you can find a lot of opportunities there to get involved in various campaigns, either advocacy or we do a lot of things on the educational front where we really appreciate patients and everyone supporting us. You can visit our Rare Action Network site at rareaction.org and read about that network. And if you're interested in becoming involved at the state level, you can volunteer through that website, and Nord will connect you with other advocates in your state. And if uh, you represent a patient organization that's not currently a member of Nord, I would encourage you to look into membership, and then you can join us in our advocacy and other efforts. So Jonathan and I are going to be participating in Rare Disease Day on February 28th. Um, what is the next event after Rare Disease Day that people can get involved with? Well, many events through the years, but the three big ones that happen every year are Rare Disease Day. And in May, we have our Rare Impact Awards. Uh, this is a dinner, an awards dinner in Washington, D.C. It will be happening on May 17th this year. It, uh, too, is open to the public, and the nominations are closed now, but we had, people could nominate individuals through our website, and these could be patients, caregivers, researchers, people working in industry, people working in government. We work a lot with researchers at NIH and staff at FDA, and, and so we'll honor individuals and organizations and companies for products brought to market in 2017. Uh, and then the next event after that, our, our sort of the third leg of our stool for the year is our summit. Our rare summit takes place in October each year. That also is in Washington, D.C. We have a lot of speakers from FDA and NIH. We have tracks for leaders of patient organizations, tracks for researchers, tracks for people developing new products, and then sessions where we bring everybody together for topics that are of interest to all. I can't say anything about this yet, but we've just found out about a very exciting speaker who's going to be coming in October. Maybe we'll see you there. Great. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We will definitely be seeing you soon at maybe on February 28th or maybe at the next Nord event. Yeah, it was definitely an enlightening conversation, Mary. And we look forward to seeing how Nord uh, will continue to impact patients and caregivers and supporters and HCPs now and into the future. Thank you. So that was our conversation with Mary Dunkel. I found it really interesting hearing about how Mary first got involved with Nord and how Nord has changed throughout the years. Yeah, I thought it was a great conversation. I want to thank Mary for joining us today. I loved hearing more about Nord and learning more about Rare Disease Day. I hope our listeners enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you're curious about some other digital trends happening in the space, follow us, Patience and Purpose, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. Thanks.